Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello! It says welcome. Guess, yeah, well guess what? Guess what it is, Phil? This is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. Right, so today's podcast is going to be about... No, what, what episode is it, Phil? I've no idea. What episode? Not a clue. Phil, what episode is it? No idea. Say it. Somewhere between it 10 and 30. Say it now. About 20 something. <laughs> 20 what, Phil? In between 20 and 22. And then what numbers in between 20 and 22? I don't know, I didn't do that. What number? Tell me. Tell was, me what number. Say it. Say it. Say it. Do it. 21. We got 21 seconds to go. <laughs> we got 21 seconds to go. I don't know this bit, it's really I'm fast. Gone. I got 21 seconds before sorry. I got to go, I got 21 seconds. We've had... 21 seconds. No, sorry, backtrack. What? This is the 21st episode. Yeah. It's been a full this, Literally, week. the songs have been no, leading up to, to this moment. This I don't is want the point to get excited. This is the point I'm trying to make, right? <laughs> and I don't even know the words. You don't know the lyrics, and it's taken us 20 episodes to get to this point, Jen. Yeah, right, let me get them then. No, I'm not letting you Google the lyrics, Jen. No, it's going right. to take too long. I've not. Podcast has started. You should have known this by 21 now. 21 seconds, are you ready? The podcast has started and this is what the people are here for. So it's, oh my goodness, it's got, I got 21 seconds to flow. I got 21 seconds to go. Did you know that? Well, you didn't, clearly. Uh, clearly not. Oh, that's a lot of words you've got to fit in there. No wonder I can't do it. Mm. Should I try it? No. I got 21 seconds to flow. <laughs> I got 21 seconds to go. Because you like, because if you like me, let me know, let me in the studio. I got 21 seconds before we're good to go. No wonder I don't know those words. There's so many words to cram in. I think you should stick to culture. 21 seconds, to 21 seconds, to And not do any kind of rapping. I think I should be in so solid crew. That's what I think. Do you know what would actually probably like make, well, there's two things that would mean you'd be more likely to get in so solid crew. Number one, if it was still a thing. Are they not still going? And number two, if you actually knew the words to the songs. They're quite fast. Right. I'm not very good at lyrics, you know I'm not. Alright, but now you want to become a singer and be part of So Solid Crew, even though <laughs> they're not an actual thing still, and you don't, you're not able to keep up with them. I feel like you might fail the interview, just throwing it out there. Oh, well, that was my rendition. Good. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've got one for next week too. Alright, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm t- I'm the 20s are week. my time to shine. I'm booking next week off. <laughs> I got lost in the teens. Mm. I had nowhere to go. Clearly. <laughs> I'm booking, I'm done, I'm off. Finished. Right, well, actually no, I'll turn up next week if you promise to learn the lyrics. What, do you want me to do a full rendition? No, I don't want you to do a full rendition. I just want you to know the lyrics to the bit you're singing. Like, today it was two sentences and you didn't know the second sentence. I didn't know the first one, apparently. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I got 21 that. seconds to floor, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Learn something every day. That's what this podcast is going to be about. Podcast episode 21 is about lyrics that you didn't know. <laughs> well, there'll be a hefty knew. amount for me. Have you Do heard you the want... poker face one? What? No. Oh, I can't say it on here. It's disgusting, but it, you need to Google it later. All right, okay. Maybe Google it now so we can see your reaction on the podcast. Okay. 
What? How do I? How do I find it though? I think you'll probably just do the same thing you did for that. Just put poker face lyrics. Poker face. Mm. Poker face. Anybody who's listening to the podcast right now. Everybody do this. Google. Um, which bit though? The um, chorus. The chorus. Yeah, you're gonna have to. And full lyrics. Yeah, you probably have to go on full lyrics. I'll tell you another funny one in a minute that I used to get wrong. Well, it's not showing you the real lyrics on this. Maybe you got it wrong. No, I didn't. How do I do that? Um, I don't know, Jen. Poker face. Real lyrics. Maybe that'll work, yeah. The real lyrics to Lady Gaga's poker face. Here we go. Yeah, please don't read them out. All right. Because your family listens to this, potentially. Um. Yeah, there they are. <gasps> But they're the real lyrics. Really? Yeah, I know. Well, I've never heard that version before. No, I know. It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. Who'd have thought it? Lady yeah. Gaga. Right, that makes sense now, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> It yeah. kind of does. Yeah. Right, do you want to hear another funny one that I used to get wrong? Go on. Do you remember Fat Man Scoop? Yeah. Brooklyn Clown. Right, well, my friends love this one because here's what I used to sing. What's the plan? <laughs> Fat Man Scoop, what's the plan? <laughs> Fat you Scoop. thought that Fat Man Scoot was just writing a song about I like, don't what listen he was to lyrics. To. I literally just sing what I hear. And I heard What's the Plan, mm. not Brooklyn Clan. You actually don't know any lyrics to any song. None of them. <laughs> but, and do you know what's worse? You also, not only do you not know the lyrics, but you like, and I don't know how I'm going to explain this properly, but you almost like hum the word. So, like, you don't actually know the word. So you're like, um, uh, 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 that's how you would do yeah. Fat Man Scoop, Brooklyn Clan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if I don't know the lyrics, that's exactly how I yeah. sing the song. It's incredibly <laughs> annoying when I love the song and that's Phil what's going on. Phil hates it. I would say that's mm. the thing you probably hate most about me because I do it so much as well. Mm. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I hate most about you. Right, anyway, I feel like we've got a lot to talk about and we've been chatting about lyrics for the last however long we've been going already. Yeah, this could potentially be the most in-depth podcast we ever do and we've just spent 15 minutes talking about poker face. Yeah, prepare yourself if you're on a walk. You might be on a slightly longer walk today. <laughs> yeah, potentially. But that's good, you get more steps in. Because today we're going to be talking about the basics of tracking calories for weight loss. Yeah, I think I've seen, the reason that we're covering this is I've seen quite a lot of people on Instagram kind of moving from other diets to... Uh, counting calories and I, I don't want you to see counting calories as another diet basically mm. is what we want to get across today isn't it it's yeah. not like it's not a diet like we want you to use it as a learning tool more than anything it can be a diet you can yeah do, you can do it wrong and use it as a diet but what we want to do is run through what it is how to use it properly and how to make sure that this next thing you now decide to do is successful because I'm pretty sure yeah. you're fed up of adding to the list of things that you've tried that have failed you, that haven't worked. So let's make sure that this next thing you do now when you transition onto calorie tracking or tracking calories or doing whatever it is, yeah. it works. You get to that point you want to get to. So the first thing that we really need to discuss is the fact that a calorie deficit isn't just a specific number. You've probably heard the term calorie deficit shouted about if you've spent longer than 30 seconds on social media. You'll have seen someone talk about it, say it, mention it, and there's plenty of people saying it is the way to lose weight, but it isn't just a specific number. Like, it isn't just 1,600 calories that we all need to eat, and that's the calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. What we need to know is that every single person on this planet has a maintenance of calories, and that is the point at which you eat that amount of calories and nothing changes. So to give you an example... 
for you personally, that might be 2,200. It also might not be, it could be 2,000, it could be 2,500. We work it out using a quick calculation, using your age, your height, your weight, your gender, your daily activity levels. All those things calculated up will work out the amount of calories you're gonna burn in a day. If you eat the same amount of calories as that, you will not lose weight, you will not gain weight. You're at a maintenance level, and therefore you are staying exactly as you are for the rest of your life. However, anything below that number- Anything. Literally anything. Literally anything below that number is a deficit. So if you're, let's use the same number, it's your maintenance is 2,200. If you consume 2,200, you will stay the same. If you consume 2,000, you will lose weight. You will lose body fat. You're, you will, this will happen. This isn't a, if you do X, Y, and Z as well, it is quite simple that you don't need to do anything else other than eating that deficit of energy. Now, the bigger that deficit is on paper, mathematically and scientifically, the faster it will be. So if your maintenance, we'll use the same number again, is 2,200 and you consume 1,800, you will lose weight at a certain pace. But if you consume 1,400, you will lose weight faster. But it isn't that simple. There are too no. many different variables that come into it. Because by that theory, you just eat nothing. Just eat zero. Eat zero calories. And I actually got a question asked in my um, question box on Instagram. I was going to say yesterday, but when this goes out, it'll be last week. Mm. And it was actually off the back of another question. Someone asked, is breakfast that important? And I said, well, it kind of is and it kind of isn't. It doesn't really matter whether you eat it or whether you don't, as long as you're in a deficit of energy. To which then someone else said, well, based on that answer... Does that mean just don't eat it because then you're eating less calories? And I'm like, well, yeah, in theory, but what if you can't stick to that? So it's not just about eating nothing. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into this in a second about how we can work that out, etc. But it's about eating less calories than you burn and on drinking. a day-to-day... -day, yeah, sorry. Eating and drinking less calories than you burn on a day-to-day -day basis, putting you into a calorie deficit for as long as you need to be in one, until you have lost the amount of body fat slash weight that you want to lose. Yeah, and that's what it is. And I think there is this big misconception that everyone's on the same number or it's just this specific number and it's not. It's been really clear on that idea that anything below maintenance is putting you in an energy deficit. You have not got enough energy and therefore you are in an energy deficit. You're, you're not providing your body with as much energy as it needs, basically, isn't it? And then just to add on to that, your body then gets energy from the fat stores within your body, which is why you then lose body fat. Yeah, so that is what a calorie deficit is, basically. Now, I think the biggest problem that people come up against is knowing what a deficit looks like for them. And I think the key thing is, first of all, to make really clear, if you're not losing weight, you're not in a deficit, even if you think that you are so... That's the first point to make. And the reason a lot of people think that they're in a deficit, but they're not actually in a deficit, is because they're using things like the watches to calculate how many calories they're burning, and then they track the calories and they think they're in a deficit. But the problem is the watches aren't always really accurate. So you might think that you're in a calorie deficit, but you're not because your watch isn't accurate. So that's the first misconception around that. I think people always look at that the wrong way around, don't they? They're like, oh, I'm in a really big deficit, but I'm not losing weight. I know it's hard to hear, but you're not in a deficit then. Yeah. Like, it's as simple as that. It's like someone coming and saying, I don't get it, I feel like I'm saving more money than I'm spending, but my, my, my bank balance is going down. Well, then you're not saving more than you're spending. No, no, I am. Well, then why isn't your bank balance going up? It's yeah. as simple as that. If you save £100 a day and spend 50 then 
it's going to go up. Like it's going to go in that direction. It's yeah. going to go upwards. You're going to, your income is, or the amount of money you've got is going to increase. And numerically, there's no way of getting around that. It's a stat. It's data. Like it's, it's be actual more money. science. It's yeah. actual. This calorie deficit is actual science. There's no dispute in it. It does work if you are in a deficit. Mm. So if you're not, it's looking at right. Is my tracking accurate? Which we're going to go through in a minute. Is my calorie deficit number actually accurate? There's something going wrong somewhere. If you think you're in a calorie deficit and you're not losing weight. Like scientifically, you will lose weight if you're in a deficit. So if you're not losing weight, you're not in a deficit. So it's looking at what are the other external things that might be meaning that you're not right now. So um, watches is one. And then I think another big one is using um, apps to calculate what your calorie deficit, your number that you're going to go for is. The problem with these apps is they work on an algorithm. So basically, if you want to lose one pound of fat a week, you need to be in a 3,500 calorie deficit. Most people, when they're setting it up, say, I want to lose two pounds a week. Therefore, that is a 7,000 calorie deficit. Now, if we spread that across the week, that's a 1,000 calorie deficit a week. Now, most people, when you knock that off, would probably go below 1,200. But particularly my fitness pal has like a limit so it, it will not take your number below 1200 which is why a lot of people tend to find that if you put in you may be sitting there going no way that's happened to me you put your data into my fitness pal and you get a 1200 calorie deficit it tends to be the case now the problem is with that if you're a real human in real life a 1000 calorie deficit is bananas like it's stupid you cannot be in a 1000 calorie deficit a day like you're not giving your body enough energy like you're just not it is it's really unachievable for a lot of people isn't it Mm -hmm. i think it's it's having a calorie goal that is achievable for you and not just based on an algorithm from an app and don't get me wrong there's probably a small percentage of people that that number's accurate for like, I'm not saying that it's not accurate for everyone, but I'd say 80% of people, the number that an app gives you is completely inaccurate and not personalised enough for you. And actually, it can leave you, one, in a really unhealthy place with your food, your relationship with food, and two, it can have some serious serious damaging effects for females long-term to be in at such little calories. Like, it, it can really mess with our hormones in our bodies. And actually, um, to the extreme where if you um, are at a ridiculously low calorie goal for any prolonged period of time, it can result in loss of periods. Now, that is kind of the extreme of it, isn't it? Um, but it's really damaging to females long term to be eating in a very large deficit. So it's something that you need to be worried about. And that's going back to what Phil said about the bigger the deficit the faster the weight loss it's not as simple as that because a big deficit one could lead to you restricting and then binging not being able to stay consistent with it and having adverse effects on your body because essentially you're not providing it with enough energy therefore it can lead to you feeling tired sleepy headaches all these things then mean it's harder to stick to and you end up back at square one so it's about finding that balance and understanding your calorie goal and what's suitable for you, isn't it? Have you got anything to add to that bit? I was just going to say that I think that's the most common misconception. People come in and they say, oh, I'm eating 1,200 calories a day and I'm not losing weight. 
and I'll be honest, when I first started out as a PT, my head fell off when people used to say that to me because early doors when I was when I first started out as a PT, that was my big thing that I knew. I was quite lucky that I came into the industry at a time where this understanding of calories was quite a big thing and it was talked about a lot 10, 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't talked about as much. So information like low carb, high fat, X, Y, Z, doing all these fancy different ways, intermittent fasting, not having breakfast, they were the way of doing it. But now that people are more aware of it, I was lucky that I had this knowledge. It wasn't something I was born with. It was just because the research that has been done right now is bigger than it ever has been. Basically showing that all those things put you in a calorie deficit. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is, when people used to sit with me in consultations and I'd be like, right, what can I do for you? They'd be like, well, the thing is, Phil, I'm eating 1,200 calories a day, but I'm not losing weight. And my head would fall off. I'd be like, well, what am I going to do then? Because I can't bring it lower than that. I can't get them to eat 1,000 calories a day or 800 calories a day. Or what is it I'm going to do? And then what I realized was is they wasn't actually eating 1,200 calories a day. What they was doing was, they was having my fitness pal tell them to eat 1,200 calories. They was only inputting 1,200 calories because they was either A, not being accurate with the calorie tracking, which is very common, or even more common, B, they wasn't tracking things they was putting into the body because they knew it was high calorie. So they'd have, I don't know, a few biscuits with the dinner, but they wouldn't put that in, sorry, with a cup of tea. They'd have a few biscuits with a cup of tea, they wouldn't put that into my fitness pal because, well, you know, it's quite high calorie. I don't really want to see that in my mm -hmm. fitness pal. Or... As I mentioned, it was being inaccurate. So they wasn't putting things like oils and butters and spreads. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But they wasn't tracking absolutely everything. So what then happened was they got to the end of the week. They thought they was tracking 1,200 and they wasn't. They was actually consuming more. And because they hadn't lost any weight, they went, well, this doesn't work. And then they would actually consume like 2,500, 3,000 calories because they had no energy. They had no willpower. They had no... They had nothing that was making them want to consume less food. So they was consuming more. And by the end of the week, they was in a surplus. They was gaining weight. So as Jen mentioned, this 1,200 number is so, so, so common. But it's generally the reason why it is so damaging mentally. Because mm -hmm. people think they're doing one thing, but they're doing another. Yeah, and on that note, if you're not sure what you should be aiming for, please drop either of us a message. We're not going to charge for that. And if anyone tries to charge you for a calorie goal, like... No, <laughs> it literally takes two seconds. Just um, fire us a message and we can send you a specific calorie goal that is actually for you and no Absolutely. one else. Absolutely, 100%. Now this next bit was a bit of a game changer for me and for Jen as well. I remember when we first spoke about it and it made <laughs> a massive difference, didn't it? Oh my goodness, yeah. And I think the reason why is um, we're very big on mental health and mm -hmm. supporting mental health. And a lot of the time you people were seeing this number, going over this number and boom, guilt. Yeah. Whereas this next tactic that we're going to talk about now helps to remove some of that guilt. Absolutely. Now, this is another of my fitness pals' downfalls. You type in what you want to achieve and it gives you a number, which on the whole, on paper, sounds all right. Right, my target's 1,200 or my target's 1,600. However, if you don't, if you track to a specific number, as Jen mentioned, when you go like one calorie over, it's like, oh, I failed. I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I've done it wrong. I'm bad. I'm unhealthy. Oh, do you know what? May as well just do whatever I want then for the next three to four days. So what we do instead with clients is we use a range. And by that, what I mean is, let's say, for example, your calorie target is 1,600. We'll go somewhere around that and say, right, this week or for the next few weeks, let's focus on eating somewhere between 1,500 and 1,700. And what that does is it allows you to be a human. It allows you to realize that you aren't a robot. Mm -hmm. Certain days are going to be higher than others and certain days are going to be lower than others. However, because you've now got a range and it isn't strict and you've got flexibility, it means that you can now start to listen to things like hunger signals. You can start listening to your emotions. You can start enjoying your food without thinking, well, it has to fit 
under 1,600. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. You might be thinking, well, yeah, but there's still a range there. You're still asking me to work and eat within a range. Well, yeah, because that's what a calorie deficit is. You have to, you know, there's no other way of looking at it. We still have to eat less food. We still have to be consuming a certain amount of food to lose weight. But having this range just removes that ceiling. It stops mm. you thinking, well, if I eat above this, then I'm going to gain a million pounds. Yeah, and I think as well, alongside that, we make sure that you know your maintenance as well. So mm. that even if you go above that, you can see, well, I've still not gone past maintenance. So it's not going to have a detrimental effect. And yeah. I think it's really important to have those boundaries and see that and allow yourself to be able to listen to those natural hunger signals and we even give clients who struggle around the period the flexibility to go up to maintenance when they're due on because we burn an extra couple hundred calories when we're due on so therefore if you're hitting maintenance you're actually still in a deficit around your period and it's more manageable to cope so it shouldn't just be a number should it no and something that's really important to mention as well is you can also go over your maintenance you can be a massive surplus You haven't failed because you've consumed 3,500 calories on a Saturday. You haven't. You've just consumed 3,500 calories on a Saturday. It is what it is. Now, there's two different paths you can take. You can either take the path of, right, I've just consumed 3,500 calories, so I'm going to do it again on Sunday, again on Monday, again on Tuesday. I'm just going to do whatever I want for the next, for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter because I'm a failure and I'm rubbish and I'm unhealthy and I can't do this and can't achieve it. Or you can go, do you know what? Here's what it is. Saturday, I consumed 3,500. Sunday, I'm just going to carry on doing what I was doing. And don't try and make up for it no, or claim back any calories. It. Just forget it happened. One good day, I hate using the term for good and bad, but it's the best way to explain it. One good day isn't going to get you the result that you want. So one bad day isn't going to remove or completely dispel or destroy any good positive habits you've created. Yeah. It's just a day in which you've eaten more calories. Mm-hmm. And I hate the terms on track and off track. Yeah. But if you feel... I mean, the reason I'm using these terms is because it makes sense and it's easier to just explain this way. But if you feel like that day was off track, if you think, oh, well, do you know what? I've eaten 3,500 calories. It wasn't quite what I wanted to do. Just carry on the day after with what you wanted to do. Like, it is what it is. Like, Jensen, you don't need to overcompensate. You don't need to make up for what you've done. Just crack on with the day after. Just carry on doing what you plan to do. That's going to be the best solution. Yeah. And short term, it's going to do nothing anyway. I mean, Yeah. yeah, you've got more food in your body, so you might put on a pound. It's not body fat. And go back to that idea that it's 3,500 calories over maintenance to put on a pound of body fat. Like, realistically, if you're eating 3,500 calories over your maintenance, then you've literally put on a pound of body fat. Like, And it is what it is. Yeah. So what if you've put... So what if you did? Think about that. Let's say, for example, on a set that you did consume, let's say your maintenance is 2,000 and you did consume 5,500 calories. Let's say you had five pizzas for your tea. So what? Like, you gained a pound. Yeah. What? Like... Over, let's say you're 30. Did you enjoy your pizza? I bet you did. Yeah. And let's say you're 30. You've been gaining weight for the last 30 years because you're a human. You're an adult. You grow. We we build muscle. Our body fat, like our body weight fluctuates. If you put on a pound on a Saturday night, it literally does not change anything. Just crack on on a Sunday as if nothing happened. Go mm. back to what you know you need to be doing. Right. I need to be making sure I get out and move a little bit more. I've got a training session planned in for this afternoon. And today I'm going to be working again somewhere between 1,500 and 1,700 calories. You don't have to make up for yesterday because you know what you'd have to do to actually make up for yesterday. You would have to consume, and I'm going to have to do some ridiculously quick maths. You would have to consume now, actually zero calories, no, less than zero calories. You'd have to consume something like minus 200 calories to make up for yesterday mm-hmm. and today. So what's the point? What's the point of trying? It's physically impossible. Just, Just crack on with what you're doing. Just keep going and the long term is 
gonna work out. Hundred percent. Just something to note as well that I feel like we've not touched on, and I think it's really important. Please make sure your movement is included within your calorie goal, and you're not adding it on via mm. your Apple Watch or your Fitbit. Like remove that oh, function. Oh, you got me. Um, remove that function and don't add it on as extra because it creates a really unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. So please make sure your calorie goal includes movement and you're not adding it on. Um, so remove that function from your fitness. That's something from a lot of people do, isn't it? Yeah. They work out a calorie target including the movements. It's like, right, well, my total, the amount of calories I'm going to burn today is like 2,200. And then my fitness pal starts minus enough movement no it's, it's already really, done it within your goal it's a really You've negative it yeah it's really really negative path to go down and really really leads to really unhealthy habits so please take that off and get a calorie goal that factors it in for that so i think the next thing to think about is being how we make the most of it and how we do it accurately and how we make it a success the two there's two key things with this tracking absolutely everything that passes through your mouth drinks and food and weighing everything because if you're not doing both of these things you may as well not bother because you're not going to see the results that you want basically we tried to come up with a bit of an analogy to make this make sense it's like driving your car without a speedometer and assuming that you're at the speed limit so like you're driving along and going yeah i'm definitely driving at 30 miles an hour but you've no speedometer to check that and actually you're actually driving at 50 mile an hour because you're not correctly accurate being accurate with what seeing what's going on is and what i'm trying to say going through a speed camera and moaning that you got a ticket yeah yeah like well you did you've not got a speedometer in your car like get one fitted if you've not got one yeah oh but it's so much effort to be checking all the time like what speed i'm going yeah but you're gonna get less speeding tickets so yeah. like it's gonna save you cash it's gonna save you time you don't have to go to speed awareness courses. Like, yeah. <laughs> bang one in your car, you don't need to worry about it. Same with scales. Throw some in the kitchen, weigh everything. Don't need to worry. Yes, and our biggest tip with this one is mm. getting negative scales. So, yes. um, for example, um, so one very, very we'll talk about commonly missed things that people track, but one of the biggest ones is butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and with fats, we, we need fats in our diet. Absolutely, they're essential. But one gram of fat is nine um, calories. So they can add up pretty quickly, is what we're saying, for very small amounts. Rapidly. So butter is an example of fat that you can spread all over your toast and put loads on and it tastes really, really great. But actually, we need to be weighing that. Now, a really quick and easy way of doing that is getting these negative scales. So like Phil said, always have your scales out on the counter. Basically, you just put things onto your scales rather than your worktop. Easy. But things like butter... You can put the butter on top of your scales, scoop it out as you know. Put the butter on the scales, then click zero. Oh yeah, sorry. Put the butter on the That's scales. Important. Click zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then scoop out your butter. It says negative ten. You've got ten grams on your on your spoon. I nearly said then. You spoon spooning <laughs> butter onto spoon the toast. Butter on. That's your first mistake. You're using spoons, put butter on toast. Kni- knifing out. Knifing. Spread the water. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say the other one. Um, yeah, right. So. Getting out the butter. With your knife. With your knife. Next week's podcast, we'll talk about how to use a knife to spread (laughs) butter on toast. Because Jen's clearly not got a clue. We'll record it as well, so we've got some video footage of how to do it. Yeah, I used to do that with kids in school to do... um, uh, I think it was teaching algorithms in computing and I used to get um, I used to make a jam sandwich because algorithms literally do exactly what you tell it to do. Mm. 
I literally did exactly what they told me to do. So if they didn't tell me to do a part, I'd be like, they said like, um, get the bread out of the bag and I'd just like throw the bread out of the bag. It was real fun. Great yeah, lesson. Was, I was yeah. such a great teacher. <laughs> did you ever teach them anything? <laughs> yeah, it was a valuable lesson. Kids loved it. Throwing bread around the room. Sure um, did. Yeah, and I think I ended up with butter on my face at one point. Because they didn't tell me where to put the butter, so I just started spreading it on my face. Wow. <laughs> That'll be why Jen came home one day and I've just got loads of spots on my cheek. I don't know why. It feels really greasy. Well, yeah, you've been spreading butter all over your face. <laughs> anyway. And you've still got jam on your ear. So you that's freak. a great way of getting your butter. <laughs> um, and what was the other one? Because I've, I've gone off track. Oh, yeah. And uh, getting like the um, measuring spoons, so like tablespoons oh, and teaspoons. That. So yeah. like you can pour like oil straight into them and then tip it in the pan. Really cool, so like that. you don't, you, it's not massive effort and going out your way, but you're just making it easy. In fact, that's a really important point. Being accurate actually takes no more time than being inaccurate. No, exactly. So you may as well do it. And I know Jen's mentioned about leaving your scales out, but if they're there and you see them and you use them, like to give you the best example, this morning, I, I wake up at 6am or we wake up at 6 and I walk downstairs and make cocoa pops. Now, at that point, I can't quite see because I've just woke mm-hmm. up. But I wake up, I take a bowl out of the cupboard and I put it on the scales. Now... If the scales weren't there and I wasn't tracking and I wasn't weighing my food, I would take the ball out of the cupboard and I would put it where the scales would be. So I have not actually <laughs> changed any action oh, no, other you did. than the fact that you pressed zero scales. on the scales. Yeah, yeah that's right, true. Yeah. <laughs> so I then press zero and then I start doing what I'm doing. And do you know what? I don't even press any buttons in between the cocoa pops and the milk. I have 40 grams of cocoa pops and 100, 100 milliliters of milk because that is the perfect ratio. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I pour the cocoa pops until it gets to 40 and I don't do anything. And I get the milk out and I pour that in until it gets to 140. <laughs> and then I put that in the fridge and then I start eating it. And honestly, it, t- it I mean, I don't know. Does it take an extra 12 seconds? Because I'm thinking about it. I'm not just pouring my yeah. stuff, maybe. But that 12 seconds means that I don't overeat with every single meal of the day, which means my calorie intake is where it needs to be. We do a really great thing as well with cooking. If you've got someone you can cook with, this is a really great way of doing it. I'm sous chef, aren't I? Yeah. So I get all the ingredients out. Mm-hmm. I weigh them and track them. Mm-hmm pass them to Phil and he cooks it. So if you're able to do that in the kitchen with someone... Set rolls. It genuinely really, really works, mm. doesn't it? Because Phil's the better cook and... Jen's the better way. <laughs> <laughs> My skills, I know where they are. <laughs> Something I do want to speak about really quickly is... Because uh, I think it's really important sometimes that we put numbers on things so that people realise the difference. Because I know Jen mentioned before about like the difference between putting like 10 and 20 grams of butter on can make a big difference. Oh no, sorry. Mentioned that one gram of butter is nine calories. And it's yeah. like, oh, but it's only nine calories. Right. If you've got two pieces of toast mm-hmm. and you put 10 grams of butter on each slice, you've got 20 grams, haven't you? So that's going to be about 180 calories. Let's say, for example, you're not weighing and you put 20 grams on each. That's going to be 40 grams of butter. It won't look much difference. The difference between oh, no, 20 grams and 40, mm. number one, because it isn't a big difference, and number two, because it melts anyway, so you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the difference is minuscule. You will not notice it, right, if you're not weighing. However, there's 360 calories of butter on the second lot of toast. There was 180 on the first yeah, one. Yeah, that's massive. You have doubled your calorie intake for the morning just because you didn't use a scale. Same goes with free pouring oil. Yeah, 100%. Oh, free pouring oil, you can add like hundreds of extra calories on there. Easy. Extra 10 to 15 milliliters, there's your extra 100 to 130 yeah. calories. Yeah, think about that adding up like if you use oil in each meal and you have a piece of butter each day, uh, piece of toast each day that's got... Piece of butter. <laughs> piece of butter. If you're having a piece of butter each day, you've got more issues than <laughs> not weighing food. 
pizza butter. Yeah, but that can really add up. Yeah. Like, so I think that leads us nicely into com- other commonly missed items. Mm-hmm. Uh, oils and butters, uh, as we've talked about, yeah, are two massive ones. Um, and not portioning things like other fats. Like, mm. again, I, I don't, I want to stress enough that fats are so important in our diet, but you've just got to portion them. Mm-hmm. But other things like nuts, avocados, seeds... Uh, again, typically foods that people see as healthy, yeah. but if they're not weighed and portioned out, can really rack up calories. Uh, peanut butter is another one. Um, putting Nutella on things also, it's not a fat, but like Sounds if it's not weighed out, like you can easily put on way more than you think you're having if you don't weigh it out. 100%. Um, but other commonly ones, coffees, so things like lattes, cappuccinos, flat whites, whatever, they rack up if you're not tracking calories on that. Milk, particular milks in like teas and coffees throughout the day, that can add up. Sugars in your teas and coffees, if you're not tracking them, that can add up. Quick tip for that one, if you usually have about four or five cups of tea a day and you know you have about 15 milliliters of milk and you know you have one sugar, track it all up in the end of the day. Yeah. So if you know you're going to have about... 15 to 20 milliliters is kind of your average amount of milk in a cup of tea unless you're a weirdo and you have a really milky <laughs> tea which is very strange and you need to stop doing that straight away you know you're going to have something like 70 to 100 milliliters of milk in your tea so just log that beginning of the day don't have to log it every time you have a cup of tea and if you have less at the end of the day just knock a few off if you have more add some more same That's- as sugar add five grams five spoonfuls of sugar and also another good tip with things like that is log it as if you don't do that make sure you log it as you go because those are the types of things mm-hmm. that you're likely to forget at the end of the day if you're doing it all at the end of the day always log your calories as you go because you you will forget you're human yeah. don't get to the end of the day and log them either yeah. do them in the morning and create yeah. yourself a nice little plan for the day which I think can work really well for structure I've put that in there as a tip You'll see it. I'll shut up. Yeah, Phil. Because we was going to come on to a really important point, so forget what I've just said. (laughs) Technically, because I know everybody asked this question, right? Wait, no, I've not finished yet. Have you not? No, I've still got sauces to talk about. Oh, go on then, talk about sauces. (laughs) Sauces are another one you forget, not you specifically. I mean, um, I forgot to talk about them, clearly. You did. I was cracking on to the next bit. The the final one I I really want to say is... um, scan exact barcodes where you can try and stick away from the database because even the same foods what you said try and stick away from the database stay away from the database (laughs) because even the same item in different brands can be completely different calorie wise like really different Mm. and that goes for when you're tracking recipes and stuff um always track them yourself so if you open a book and it says it's 400 and odd calories for this meal don't just quick add it and assume that that's right because if you've used different ingredients it can be way out like we tracked one for the fitness chef book the other day and it was i think it was 200 calories over because we'd used slightly different ingredients mm-hmm. we hadn't added anything in we hadn't um changed the quantities but we just used slightly different ingredients and it it, it made a really big difference it can make it smaller but yeah, also make that's the winner as well. Sometimes it will. You'll see a meal that's like 700 calories, but you make some small, quick swaps, mm-hmm. which is something that we try and help clients with using their MyFitnessPal diary logs. Um, you yeah. make some small, quick swaps, and all of a sudden, that 700-calorie meal is now like 520, mm-hmm. and you're no less hungry because all you've done is... Sorry, no more hungry, should I say, because all you've done is swapped out that 15 milliliters of oil you was going to use for like a spray oil. Yes. Boom, 180 calories saved. It's 520 mm-hmm. instead of 700. Your calorie intake's lower, you do that three times a day, you've saved yourself 540 calories. That 540 calories could take you from a very small surplus into like a 300 calorie deficit. 
you're going to go from gaining weight to losing weight just because you're using spray oil instead of actual yeah. bottle of oil. Yeah. Little things like that make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Now, something I was going to speak about, but then Jen butted in correctly because <laughs> I'd missed off half the podcast, <laughs> is that... And this is one of those conversations where, like, the answer is yes, but there's a big but in the middle of it all. Yeah. Phil, Jen, could I fill all my calories with just, like, fast food? Like, would I lose weight? Yeah, you would, in theory. If your calorie target is, let's say, 1,800 for you to be in a deficit, you could just have 1,800 calories of burgers. You could have 1,800 calories of kebabs. You could have 1,800 calories of McDonald's, KFC, pizza, whatever you want. However, you probably won't be able to do that. And that's not an insult to you. That's because you're a human being and it's near impossible. Because the thing you've got to remember is when you go somewhere that does sell fast food, and again, we don't want to demonize fats, but it's probably going to be ridiculously high in oils and butters because they need you to make it, or they need it you to enjoy it. It tastes good. So it tastes sensational. <laughs> and the reason you do that is so you go back. They could not care less if you're trying to be in a deficit. All they care about is your custom. So if you go, you enjoy it, you'll go back again, simple as that. But that means that they need to make it tastier. And generally to do that, they add oils and butters. So you're probably going to go somewhere and have, let's say, I don't know, a takeaway and it comes in at 1,400 calories. But your target was 1,800. You've got 400 calories for the other 23 and a half hours of the day. Now, granted, you're going to sleep some of that. But how are you going to manage to only consume 400 calories for the rest of the day? Or alternatively, how can you only consume 400 calories for the first, I don't know, 10 to 12 hours of the day, just so you can have a takeaway in the evening? So yeah, you can fill it with fast food, but you're probably going to end up eating more. And I think the, the, the point is as well that you very often find, like think back to the last time you had a takeaway or some fast food, you end up pretty hungry pretty quickly. 100%. So if you've had that big meal that takes up that large chunk of calories, you've then got you're then hungry quite quickly mm-hmm. and you're probably more likely to go over that goal then. So, yes, for health reasons, we don't want to eat fast food all the time anyway, mm-hmm. but in terms of calories, it makes it way harder to stick to a, a, a calorie range if you're eating foods like that all the time. You can genuinely eat so much food. Either I did one for a um, Lift, Learn and Burn group didn't I? I posted it in the Facebook and I showed how much food you can actually eat for mm-hmm. 1,400 calories. In fact, while you talk about that, I'll see if I can find it and run through what meals. How much fill time? No, I want you to carry on talking about what we said we were going to talk about there. Just yeah. time filler. No, what we was going to say was when you are building your meals, whether it's your breakfast, your dinner, your tea, your snacks, one really good way to do basically what Jen's going to run through now in regards to fill your calories and get the most out of them is to fill them with protein and vegetables. And I know that sounds really boring. However, you can make it exciting because what I'm not saying is just have chicken and broccoli every single day. What I'm saying is search for some protein sources that you really enjoy eating. There are so many different types of protein. When we say protein, everyone thinks we mean protein shakes and chicken breast, and we don't. When everybody thinks of vegetables, they think of broccoli and Brussels sprouts. There are hundreds of vegetables out there that you can have. Now, the reason we say this is because you can eat a lot of food if you do this. So protein and vegetables, they fill you up very quickly, which means that you're probably going to eat less during that sitting. What they also do, which is even more beneficial, is they fill you up for longer, which means that over a 24-hour period, you're going to eat less calories. Because I'm pretty sure, if you listen to this podcast, you've probably said to yourself in the past, the reason you struggle to lose weight is because you are always hungry. And it's generally because the food choices that you're making leave you feeling always hungry. Now, something that's really important to mention is 
This doesn't mean never eat fast food. This doesn't mean that every meal you have has to be planned in with protein and vegetables and boring and tastes like cardboard. Just what it means is the majority of the decisions you make, if they fill you up, will make weight loss a ton easier. And Jen's got a really good example here of what a 1400 calorie day could look yeah. like. Um, that's high protein, is of course low calorie because it's 1400, but will help you both stay hungry and lose weight. So one piece brown bread with butter, 10 grams, what you diet, mm-hmm. um, with um, a couple of eggs, some cherry tomatoes and spinach for breakfast. Fantastic. Nice full in, uh, breakfast. I think full English then. Um, so and then for lunch, you could have um, four chicken chipolata sausages with some chickpeas, a couple of slices of bacon, some spinach and some mushrooms. Really tasty, by the way. Or if you're from up north, that'll be dinner. Oh yeah, lunch. sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, no, the other way around. Oh, yeah, up no. north dinner. It's because I'm reading my fitness pal, isn't it? And then for your tea, you could have um, turkey meatballs um, like in a tomato sauce with spaghetti. And then for your snacks, you could have a Freddo. You could have a protein yogurt and some grapes. And that is 1,400 calories. 1,400 calories for all that food. So you could have a McDonald's and your tea. <laughs> yeah. Or you could have all that food and feel really full and not and and be able to stick to that goal because you're actually filling your stomach and not feeling constantly hungry i think it's really really protein and veggies are a really great way of keeping yourself full Mm -hmm. for a long period of time and something to add on as well is there's no calories and herbs so please season all that because if you don't you'll eat it just enjoy like the food you're eating Mm. if you're making like, like i get that everyone thinks that chicken breast is a bit boring but if you're gonna have one because it's quick and easy and simple Mm. Salt, pepper, mixed herbs, nando yeah. sauce. It's got calories, it. but can't wait. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. You don't have to have a plain, boring chicken no. breast to lose weight. You really don't. Put some seasoning on it. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, exactly that. Now, some quick tips, Jen, okay? Yeah, some quick tips to make it easier for Very you. Very quick, because we're an yeah. hour and 45 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> Everyone's done about 25,000 steps here. Use the save function when you create a meal. So if you, if you commonly eat a meal, log it all once, then save it, and then next time, add it as a saved meal and use the measurements as your kind of guide for creating the meal the next time. So you're using the same measurements as you did last time, so you know it's accurate, but you're not having to log it all again. And over time, what happens is you build up a bank of recipes. And then once you've got that bank, what you can do is start to track at the beginning of the day. So literally two seconds, if you have got your breakfast, um, lunch and dinner or breakfast, tea and breakfast, dinner and tea, wherever you, wherever you are. If you've got them all logged and saved as meals, it takes you to, like two seconds at the start of the day to go, right, add meal, add breakfast, add meal, add dinner, add meal, add tea. Your meals are in for the day and then you know what you've got left to work with for the rest of the day. Really quick and simple tip to make your day more successful when you've got those meals built up. Absolutely. So to quickly finish... On the spot, put me on the spot. I heard it's Caroline, Caroline again. That's not what I was going to do to quickly finish. Oh, sorry. Go on then. I was, just I was excited. Say, yeah, I know you are. Don't worry. We will do on the spot, Jen. It's absolutely fine. We'll get there because this is everyone's favourite part. I was just going to say that lovely phrase that we both love oh, yeah. so on. much that even if you don't count calories, your calories still count. Yes. So because it is science and every diet that you will ever come across puts you in a calorie deficit and therefore calories will always count. Now we'll do on the spot. Yeah. Now, I did have an option between two different questions because I've got Vicky's question that I'm really excited to use, but Caroline's makes more sense on this podcast and you'll see why in a second. So it makes more sense to use this. And then in a couple of weeks, Vicky 
You are up. Right, come on then, I'm excited because she asked a good one for you last week, didn't she? She did. So, podcast question. I actually got asked a similar one on the question box as well the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. So, what would your death row meal be? Oh, you did, didn't you? And I said that would be a good podcast question and you kept a very straight face. Thank you. Death row meal. So, just one meal? Or, or well, when you're on death row, you can have whatever you want, can't you? Your last meal, it's not like a breath it's not a starter main dessert it's more of a um you can literally order whatever you want in fact i think i've read stories about like serial killers and that all having like someone ordered one bean as his final meal sure yeah just like one heinz bean i oh. think it was so that we now still talk about it i'm assuming oh and it i hate works, people like that i've just spoken about stupid it human. stupid human murderers um <laughs> jen doesn't like stupid humans murderers <laughs> I like a murder podcast and a murder documentary, though. Well, without murderers, we wouldn't have the documentaries and podcasts. Uh, well, I, I would prefer it if they didn't exist and we didn't have the documentaries, I'll be honest with you. Oh, that's a good choice, actually. But I do like the psychology behind it. There has to be a possibility. I'm just so intrigued by why humans do things like that and like the reasoning. What would you replace that with? That's another on-the-spot question. Right, <laughs> yeah. come on. Death row okay. meal. Death row meal. I have no you can idea. Have anything. All oh, right, we'll see you next week then. Nice one, Jen. <laughs> Cheers for that. Oh, I, that's just too much for me. Do you know what? Jen doesn't understand on the spot because when Jen asks me an on the spot question and I'm not quite sure, she gets annoyed, shouts at me, it makes me hurry up. Listen to some other podcasts, you'll you know, go back to the other episodes, you'll notice. Oh. Jen asks me the question, I go, oh, actually, I don't know. She's like, well, you need to know. Whereas when I ask Jen, she goes, well, that's too difficult, isn't right, it? Right, okay. So I've got IBS and can't have garlic. You're on death row, what you're is- about to die. It doesn't matter I'm if like- you blow. <laughs> that was literally going to be my point, but oh, that right. doesn't matter if I'm about to die. So here's my meal filled with garlic. I thought you was going to be like, oh, I don't want to be laying that coffin bloated. No. Think what everybody would think about me. <laughs> Did I have to choose the right pair of leggings? So Crying and pain stomach. in my coffin. Yeah. Uh, no, I really, really, I can't eat garlic, can I? Like, no, it's very it, nice. It I makes it. me feel very sick and bloat a lot and a lot of stomach pain. So garlic oil I can have, hence why if you've ever seen our Instagram, everything has got garlic oil in it because it's garlic infused oil because I can still have that, which means we now make our own garlic bread, which is very exciting because I I miss that. Um, But I can't have it like at restaurants and stuff. So I'd have um, like a creamy mushroom bruschetta. Mm. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Then... Oh, right, this is a really difficult decision. Decision? I think I'd have to have a pizza. Right, what pizza? Because that's like saying I'd have pasta. Um, a Franco Manco one. I don't know if that's how you say it, so I apologise if I've just like northernised that. I'm thinking more about like what's on it than who's making it. Alright, well, I was going to tell you that. Okay. But I was just apologising for my potential incorrect pronunciation of it's Franco Manco. Right. I accept your apology. I don't think any employees listen to this anyway. <laughs> Maybe you do. Mm. Bring me pizzas if you do. Mm. Um, and me, we live together. Yeah, I think I just have a margarita from there. Good decision. There's just nothing better than that. That or Rudy's. Mm. It's a tough decision. You're on death row of both? No. Well, oh. half and half. Half and Rudy's, half mm. and Frank Manka. Mm. <laughs> and always mag, just because oh, stone bit mag. Nothing better. Mm. And then dessert. Oh. You don't have to have one if you don't want one. Well, I'm not a big dessert person, am I? I know what I'd have. Mm. I'd have a Kinder Bueno. That's a good answer. I love a Kinder Bueno. I think what we've discovered as well is if Jen was on death row, she'd never get killed because it'd take her that long to decide what to say. They'd get bored. They'd be I like, just Do you know what? So much. Just I let her out. Pick one. <laughs> just let her out. She's doing me editing. How could you ever just pick one meal? 
You didn't. You just had to start remaining in the dessert. Yeah, but it's still one whole entire meal. You do realise you're on death row, and on death row with the ultimate meal, you can have whatever you want. So you could have, like, a pizza, some pasta, some garlic bread. You could have a Chinese. You could have an Indian. You could have oh, everything. my goodness. I'd have a tapas of all my favourite things. Exactly. Tiny little dishes of everything that I could ever want. Loads on. of them. Although you always get really overwhelmed at a tapas, don't you? Not you specifically. No, people. I never get overwhelmed. Just all tiny little dishes. Excited. And you're like, oh, I've not got enough. So you order an extra dish and then you're like, ah, so much food. But then you're on death row, so you can have what you want. No, you physically can't fit it in your mouth. I was going to say, like, how does it work? Like, I just go to like, right, death row meal, last one. Oh, I want, like I want all I can eat. Oh. <laughs> and then just never tell them I'm full. <laughs> just keep eating. Sorry, can't go yet. I've still got some yeah. food. Order some more. Bring me more. Still hungry. Right. On that note, how long is it? Can we tell? Uh, we can when we click stop. Ah. Oh. Because that number at the top, that bar that says we've been going for one thousand four hundred and sixty-five minutes. I don't think that's time. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. Um, oh, we really have got carried away. So hopefully that was very helpful. And if you did find it helpful, please share it to your story and tag us so that other people can learn about tracking calories because. I really do see this as a common theme that more people are going towards it and I, we, we really want people to be utilising it in the right way and getting the most out of it. So please, please, please share it to your story, tag us and tell people to come and watch it, uh, come and watch it, come and listen to us and learn more about it and also if you could like give us a little rating down there and give, please, someone give us our first review. Yeah, only if it's a good one, obviously. Yeah, if you don't like us then you can get lost yeah. but someone write a nice review about us please because we've not got one yet and it would make our days I'll be honest I've been thinking about setting up like a fake so <laughs> just feeling like oh these two are really good I like Phil more Jen's alright but Phil's the best <laughs> if that if that review comes up you know it's me <laughs> um, nobody leave the opposite of that review and yeah. one last thing if you're a bit stuck still drop oh. us a quick message yeah. we'll talk you through calories and how your calorie number can help you to get, get you the results calorie goal if you want. always wanted yeah Catch you later. Have the best week you've ever had. 21 seconds. Tut, 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 21 seconds. Oh. Tut, tut, 21 seconds. I'm deleting that bit out of the podcast. <laughs> just, you know. Before you go, make sure to hit the link in the podcast notes to update us on how many steps you've done on today's walk whilst listening to us two jabber on. Each week we'll update you on the total number of steps you fantastic listeners have done. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to like the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and anything else you can do to the podcast that makes us all really great.